Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of The American Dream in the Eyes of Immigrants. I am your host, Heidi de la Cruz. And today I have a special guest, Alfredo. He came from South America. And we're going to get started. Alfredo, thank you so much for being here. Um, if you could just give the, re uh, the listeners a little bit of information about you, your background, and what events led you to move to the United States. Yeah. Um, my name is Alfredo, as you mentioned. Uh, uh, my background is in economics, politics, and I write some some fiction. I have also been writing in Twitter. I have some very accurate predictions in Twitter. And but still, I am not. I have not been able to work on my field. So I started precisely writing in Twitter to show what what I what uh, my work is, but uh, so far it hasn't worked that well. <laughs> and what events led me to move to the United States? Well, unfortunately, I work in the, my country of birth in a financial institution in the government. I found out some very fishy issue related to some, but equivalent to the Chicago war to be in that country. In at the end of the, after I met the general manager, one month later, I was kicked out of the of this government agency and made unemployable. If somebody doubts about my integrity, I must add that this uh, organization, this uh, new company, actually, that was this new board that was going to be created, that this equivalent to the Chicago board closed its doors six months after they kicked me out and couldn't reopen after two years later. Well, that happens in countries where the financial world is very small. <clears throat> so unless you dance the dance, uh, you are out completely out of the disco. Gotcha. All right. And how how did you feel when you first arrived to the United States? Because you were an adult, correct? Yes, I came. Unfortunately. That's that's one one of my biggest regrets is I should have come here when I was before I studied anything when I was still very young. I, when I came here, I was in, uh, almost forty. So, okay. Yeah, uh, and without a background here in the United States, uh, the only kind of jobs I could get were the kind of jobs you uh, you you get were. Your, your background means very little. Okay. So so did you ever have an opportunity when you were younger to come to the United States and you didn't take it? Or you just wish you did have that opportunity I, to come? I, I wish. I, I, oh, okay. I had that in mind. I, I had focused on that uh, instead of uh, believing the, or what I... All what my advice or the few advice or the problem with being born in a third world country, uh, if you are low born, is that whatever you know of the of the financial world of the of that world to which you want to access through studies is what your advisors tell you. Mm. 
I've never been there. And if you have life uh, mislead you, you end up like me realizing that you have wasted your time when you are 40. Oh, no. I'm sure it wasn't a waste of time. Um, so when you first arrived here in the United States, you tried to get into the financial world here? Oh, of course, I did. Yeah. <laughs> and and so like what so you were not able to get in because I didn't have your... a resume here. I'm sorry? I didn't have a resume here. Oh, you didn't have a resume. Okay. No, so was it so it was the lack of experience here in the United States, right? That didn't allow you to, to get into that door? Uh, yes. And okay. Even I tried to work in politics. But even though, uh, at least in one occasion, I, I, I knew that I was at the top of a uh, ranking of 10 people, I was mm -hmm. never interviewed by the final employer. So mm. that, that, well, that's, that's also one, another reason why I started writing in Twitter, because I, yeah. I, I never used social media before. I started yeah. writing so I can at least leave, uh, leave uh, behind some proof that I actually had said something worthy. Yeah, yeah, definitely. That's very unfortunate that because of the lack of experience here that employers didn't take a chance on you well, to... I, was, I studied in the top two universities, in one in economics and the other in law, but mm -hmm. here, to mention that is as if you mentioned that you have studied in the University of Congo. <laughs> yeah, okay. Oh man! Yeah, yeah. No, I, I'm sorry about that. Um, before moving to the United States, did you have um, expectations of like how life would be here? Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. But my expectations were were based more in the move in the movies and, and yeah. the few news you can get because. Uh, as you can see, so what happens is, is that if, if you are born in a third world country, information is in inexistent, mm. or expensive. So or expensive, I was, okay. I was basically based my decision on guesses, and it was not very difficult because, as I mentioned, I was unemployable. <laughs> okay. So that's a, that's interesting perspective. Like in a different country, the the information is very limited. Unlike unlike here, we have a lot of information, and we kind of have to be careful as to like what information we're actually taking in. You know what I'm saying? Yes. So yeah, I, I, I would I would have uh, most probably chosen a, a different path uh, in writing instead of uh, studying so much about uh, economics and, and, and law, because mm -hmm. most of what I used to write is like what any historian or politologist would use is basically the information I get here uh, through the internet and public libraries, because fortunately here you can find in the public library, whatever is already, whatever is still on the on the shelves and at Barnes and Noble. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
Okay. And so let's talk about your full, your first cultural shock. So you arrived to the United States. What was like the first cultural shock that you experienced here? The first cultural experience is that I had studied English in my country of birth, but when I came here, I could write very well. I could read very well, but when I started listening English, I realized I couldn't understand them. Oh no! <laughs> and I swore that, that that because I I even before I came here I I could I could understand uh, CNN in cable. Mm -hmm. what, what happens is that what, when they speak in cable, they they, they they tell the news in cable. They pronounce the English very uh, very very carefully while. Mm -hmm. What you hear here is uh, colloquial English, and I struggle a lot until I could adapt my listening to. Mm. What? Well, yes, a lot of my guests have that. They like they'll say they they learn English in their country, but then once they come here, it's like it's completely different. Yeah. Like they had to like relearn. Uh, yeah, and that's one of the challenges of low worlds in several world countries because people who are born in good families, they have visas. They come here, they have time to, to adjust. Yeah. Yeah, they're able to travel. Yeah, that's true. That's true, too. Mm -hmm. um, what would you say was your biggest struggle in adapting to living in the United States? I know you had mentioned the, the language barrier, but was like, did you struggle with like adapting to the culture or like the systems here? Like, what was your biggest struggle? My, uh, my biggest was that when in the first jobs that were me, I had to do, which were menial jobs, I used, for instance, my break to read. You know, you can borrow the uh, a book from the library for three weeks for free, and you can renew it. So you have plenty of time. And I could see uh, how many other Hispanics changed when they saw me read. Really. Mm. I became the enemy. I, I I usually got more friends among African immigrants who didn't tell, didn't seem to care. And when I approach uh, activists who were Hispanics. They were a mere replica of politicians in the third world country, and no matter how bad the results they they got, they were not interested in even listening to something different. They were not even curious. So you see that kind of mediocrity, unfortunately. Um, what would you say that you do like about living in the United States? What I like about living in the United States is the access you have to information. Mm. Uh, unfortunately, uh, you cannot, un unless you are a messiah, and I'm not a messiah, or <laughs> you have good sales skills, and I am a terrible salesman, even of myself, you cannot do much, but at least you have the opportunity, for instance, you remember when we talked before about this possibility to get immigration reform by replying something that actually happened in 2014, the Cochrane McDaniel experience. Yeah. And unfortunately, that I couldn't, I couldn't have uh, get that uh, draft a proposal like that 
Caribbean in Latin America. What What is one thing you wish you knew before moving to the United States? I wish I had known uh, all all the things I have mentioned. <laughs> so yeah, <laughs> I, 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 that I would have been better instead of wasting my time studying there, coming mm. here and design my my future once uh, once I have was here, depending on what I could, I could achieve, right? Yeah. What do you miss anything about your home country? Well, the uh, the two things that I love the most that were my pets, my cat, my dog Black died, and uh, no, so no, I had no attachments. Uh, I my my friends were not good friends. The only good friends I had was my cat Nitty. Uh, she was killed by the barrio and. My black dog, who was killed by the by city hall. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry about that. And um, your your family are still back home, right? Yes. Yeah. They love it. They love it. <laughs> okay. Um. Um. That was the end of my questions, Alfredo. I want to thank you so much for your time for sharing your your journey and your experience here. Um, thank you again just so much for, for all of this. And um, do you want to say like any last words or any last encouragement or anything like that? Uh, well, yes. Uh, one, two last things is uh, follow, me, follow me in Twitter if you believe I am exaggerating. I never like <laughs> Twitter unless I have something new to say. Yes. And read the story of Gatito Immigranti. I send you the link. Yes, and, I will link that. Mm -hmm. And uh, I challenge you to tell me that you have read a much better story than a much better immigrant story than Gatito Immigranti. I have to read it. I haven't read it yet. I'm going to be no, honest. No, no, I, I have to. <laughs> I, 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 I challenge the public. In the pub oh, okay, okay, okay. Sorry. Sorry. Prove me wrong. All right. Well, I will link your Twitter. I will link your story so our audience can uh, read it and then challenge and see if there's a better immigration story than that. Well, thank you so much, Alfredo, for your time. And I hope you have a great rest of your day. You too. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. Here are a few ways that you can help support this podcast. Share this episode with a friend. Subscribe on Spotify. Write a review. Sign up for the newsletter to get episodes straight to your email. Or donate money. If you would like to advertise your business or sponsor an episode, please send me an email. My email information is in the show notes. And if you would like to start your own podcast, I want to be your coach. I can help you with a successful podcast launch in just six weeks. More information is in the show notes. Thank you once again for being here and until next time.